enjoyed it because you're back. So it's good to be here. So before we get into that, I'm just going to make a few quick logistical announcements. If you're here for the first time um, and are not familiar with these facilities, our uh, restrooms are to the to my left, straight down that hallway. We have uh, coffee, tea, water, and maybe even a few donuts back there in the foyer. If you're uh, if you want to help yourself to that at any time, you're welcome to do that. After the service, we will have a lunch prepared, and everybody is more than welcome to stay and enjoy that, enjoy that time of fellowship, and uh, get to visit with the kids and Mike and Krista. I believe you'll find that a blessing. And uh, when you came in, you saw the, the tables in the back, the different products for his little feet. Mike will be sharing about their ministry later. If the Lord's blessed you and you're blessed with hearing them this morning, you're welcome to give to their ministry. We don't put pressure on anybody to do so. We believe that we give as the Lord has blessed us and has, as, he has, and has, as he lays it on our hearts. But if you choose to do so and you want to give to the ministry, the pamphlets that you were handed out uh, have an envelope in them. And we don't pass an offering here, but if you want to give, uh, you can put your offering in that envelope and put it, we have a box on the back wall that you can put that in. And we'll make sure that that gets to them. And Mike will share just briefly uh, how you can give and contribute to the ministry later on. So, I think uh, it looks like they're ready to sing for us. So, without further ado, please welcome His Little Feet.
Well, good morning, everyone. Well, first of all, raise your hand if you wish you had a little bit of that energy right now. Anybody wish they had some of that? Oh, yeah, a couple double-handers in the back. That's great. Uh, well, my name is Mike Hahn. This is my wife, Krista, and uh, we're founders and executive directors of His Little Feet, and we are so excited to be back uh, worshiping with you all and also just very expectant that the Lord's just going to speak and encourage and minister to each one of your hearts this morning. Now, uh, behind me, there are 10 children, and uh, they all come from India. And uh, something, though, that you can't tell just by looking at these precious faces is that many of these children have lost one or both of their biological parents. Now, that's because of things like lack of clean water, uh, the HIV-AIDS crisis, extreme poverty, abandonment, and for some, even death. However, in each one of these children's lives is also a mighty testimony of God's grace. And Proverbs 31a says we should speak up on behalf of those who cannot speak for themselves. And that's exactly what these children are doing here this morning. That's precisely what these children have been doing this past season. Uh, these children, they represent millions of children around the world that don't have a voice. And Jesus said, unless we would humble ourselves and become like little children, we cannot enter his kingdom. And so we pray um, this morning that you all are just reminded afresh of what that childlike faith looks like. Well, the name of this tour is called Rejoice, and it comes from the scripture that says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, Rejoice! Yes, amen. We're so excited just to bring this message to you all this morning and just have this time together in worshiping the Lord. And as a part of that, um, we want to encourage you all just to be prayerful about what God might be doing this morning in your heart and in the hearts of all of us as a body of Christ here today. So as you're here, um, you did receive some brochures and some information about the ministry of His Little Feet. We want to encourage you to check that out. There's four ways that we um, just really invite you to prayerfully consider getting involved. They're listed inside the brochure that says His Little Feet on it, and it's give, support, sponsor, or adopt. And uh, I don't know where each of you are at in your lives and which season you're in, but um, we really believe that every single one of us can do something to make impact to those in need around the world. And so um, we just invite you to check that out this morning. And then also, a lot of folks will say to us, well, these children, after they participate with His Little Feet, what happens? What's the future hold? And one of the things we always say to His Little Feet children is, once you're His Little Feet, you're always His Little Feet. And um, that's true. As they go back throughout the world, we get to not only um, remind them that they belong to their Heavenly Father and they're always His, but we also get to take a big part in their life, um, helping them with their educational assistance, their personal care, their community life in the body, and also just to help them make sure that their needs are met. Um, as they go back. And so um, our hope is that as we invest into their lives and, and, and the church at large invests into the lives of these children, that they will one day um, make a difference for Jesus Christ in the community and the world that they live in. And so we also have in their story uh, or saying that says, you in your small corner and I in mine. And so um, they're going to be going back just very soon here to India and uh, have been here the last couple of years. And so um, we just encourage you to be praying for them in this transition. And also, you guys got the last Sunday morning that they're singing before they head back to India. So it's a very special morning for us. And um, we're just honestly rejoicing in this whole thing, what God has done in the lives of these children and expectant about what he's going to do in the days ahead as they continue to grow in him. Um, so as we just continue forward, um, we actually are going to have the kids come and introduce themselves and share a little bit more about who they are. So will you join us and welcome back together His Little Feet. Hi, 
Hello, my name is Somi. I'm 11 years old and I come from Western City, Mizoram, India. Hello, my name is Francis. I'm 10 years old and I come from Western City, Mizoram, India. Hello, my name is Jobart. I'm 13 years old and I come from Western Mizoram, India. Hello, my name is Omi. I'm 13 years old and I come from Azo, Mizoram, India. Hello, my name is Cookie. I'm 12 years old and I come from Saito, Mizoram, India. Hello, my name is Dongdonga. I'm 13 years old and I come from Lumlai, Mizoram, India. And this is my brother. Hello, my name is Moaya. I'm 11 years old and I come from Lumlai, Mizoram, India. Hello, my name is Vena. I'm 11 years old and I come from Lumlai, Mizoram, India. And this is my brother. Hello, my name is Radhika. I'm 14 years old and I'm from Lumlai, Mizoram, India. Hello, my name is Esther. I'm 13 years old. And I come from Shihui, Mizoram, India. Bihalas are friends from India. And together we are here to do feet. We are so thankful for the opportunity to worship the Lord and share our life with you. When I was young, my mother abandoned my brother and I. We were taken to our Christian children's home, where we were saved and attend school and learn about Jesus. Today, I enjoy playing guitar, swimming, and playing frisbee golf. When I grow up, I want to become an engineer. When I was young, both of my parents passed away, leaving me alone and in need of help. I was placed into a Christian children's home, where I am safe, have food, eat, and attend school. Today, I like swimming and playing soccer and riding bikes. When I grow up, I'd like to become a baker and own my own bakery. Isaiah 40, 31. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They'll walk and not be faint. Romans 8, 38 to 39. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any power, neither heart nor death, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. That is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Thank, Thank you. you.
The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lay down in green pasture. He leads me beside still water. He restores my soul and leads me to the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. For you are with me. The earth and your staff comfort me. Surely goodness and love shall follow me all the days of my life. And I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever.
It was the story of a church in the days of World War II in Nazi Germany. This church was stationed near a railroad track. And as this church had gathered and they were singing their songs of worship and praise unto their Redeemer, a train happened by. And that train was full of Jews. These Jews had been crammed into cattle cars. And the Jews, as they were going down the tracks, they saw the lights from a church building up ahead. And they heard the sound of singing. And in their minds, they thought if anyone would be willing to rescue them, if anyone would understand their plight, it would be the Christians. And so they stuck their hands out of the slats and they began to scream. They screamed for help because they were on their way to their death. And the church inside actually heard it. But instead of responding, as most of us would guess that they should, no, instead they turned up the volume of the pipe organ and drowned out the sound of the screams. How many times have I put my hand on that pipe organ volume? How many times have you put your hand on that pipe organ volume? You know, there's a statement that my little son Hudson, when he was three, said, Daddy, you know what kind of person I am? I'm the kind of person who sees owies and fixes them. You know, can I say that about me? Am I the sort of Christian man? Am I the sort of leader? Am I the sort of father? Am I the sort of husband that sees an owie and fixes it? That's an important question for every single one of us to answer because who is Jesus? Who is the one that we are following? He's the sort of man that sees an owie and fixes it. I know owie is like a kid term. But for this message, I think it's critical that we use the word owie because it's a little kid that has the lens to actually understand this message more clearly than any of us do because they know that if they're in that church, they have to get up and do something. They look at mommy and daddy and they say, how could you not do something? Don't you hear the screams? Are we the sort of men and women of God that see an owie and fix it? You know, there's a very real train rumbling through our lives right now. There are an estimated 150 million orphans in the world today. Little boys and girls that do not have a protector or provider, someone to hold them and help them when they get an owie. There are an estimated 27 million human slaves in the world today. There are more slaves today than at any other point in human history. And a good majority of them are little girls under the age of 10. Close to 500,000 children are stuck in the American foster care system covered with owies crying for someone to hear. There are 23,000 little unborn lives scheduled to die at the hand of an abortionist this upcoming week here in America. They are screaming, but who is listening? What kind of people are we? Well, to answer that, what kind of person was Jesus? What kind of person is Jesus? He's the kind that sees an alley and fixes it. And we as the church are supposed to be his hands, his feet, his heart, his mouth, his ears, and his mind. And therefore, our hearts, our mouths, our ears, and our minds are supposed to be functioning in such a way that they reveal his behavior. He was and still is the kind of man who sees an owie and fixes it. Our self-preservation, that one quality, that tendency within us that is the old life, the old man, is always yelling, turn up the pipe organ's volume, drown out this unwelcome noise. But the Spirit of God is yelling something quite different. Turn down the pipe organ. Listen, do you hear it? Carry that burden, for it is my burden, says God. Go and do what I would do. 
I would like us to think differently than we have as a church. Most of us are waiting for someone else in this room to stand up and be the answer to the orphan crisis. Most of us are waiting for someone else to deal with the widow. Most of us are waiting for someone else to open up their home to foster care. And we say, praise God, I'm glad there's people like you in the church. But what we need is a band of rescuers. When the world catches the church being the church, what are they supposed to see us doing? We're supposed to be preaching the gospel. We're supposed to be setting the captives free. We're supposed to be delivering the poor, clothing nakedness, putting the solitary in families, making the widow's heart sing for joy, healing the sick, comforting the weak, and breaking the jaws of the evildoers and removing the prey from their teeth. So who's in? Body of Christ, who's in? Who will draw their sword and spend their strength for that which burdens God's almighty heart? Who is in? Are we willing to turn down the pipe organ's volume and really listen? Are we willing to stand up and run out and meet the problem head on? Sure, we may die, but couldn't it be that that is why God gave us life in the first place? So that we could spend it for his glory. band of rescuers in the book of Mark chapter 2. Uh, you've probably heard this story before, but Jesus is teaching in a house, and everybody wants to get close to Jesus. So the inside of the house is full, the outside of the house is full, and then in the distance, there's this paralyzed man. Now, he really wants to get to Jesus, but because of his condition, he's unable to do it on his own. And so then, this is where the story gets kind of exciting. The Bible says there's four men. We don't know their names or their stories. We don't know much about them. All we know is these guys get together. They pick this man up, they navigate their way all the way through the busy crowd, and then they get to the house, and they decide that it's just too difficult to get inside. And so we don't know exactly how the next part went down, but you know, I've always said if you give four guys a job, something funny is probably going to happen, right? <laughs> so these four guys get together, and I just picture one of them going, Okay, who knows how it went down? All we know is they climb on the roof. They get this guy on the roof. And then it says they dug a hole. And I picture them just with their hands scratching and clawing, maybe even kicking, to make a way for this man to get to Jesus. Now, I love Jesus in this story. From what we know, basically the roof is collapsing and the, the home is over, overcrowded and Jesus doesn't mind the interruption one bit. In fact, it's almost like he welcomed it. So this man's being lowered down to Jesus. Jesus looks up and he says, son, because of your faith, your sins are forgiven. He could see his faith. Now, we mentioned that our theme this year is rejoice. Can you imagine the rejoicing that went on in that man's heart? Probably, that man was probably sitting in the distance as people, everybody rushed to Jesus and probably was passed up by many people. So he probably thought maybe he wouldn't have a chance to get close to him. But because of these four guys, he was. Now, the rest of the story, a little argument breaks out, and just to sum it up quickly, Jesus says, just so you know that I have authority to forgive sins, I want you also to pick up your mat and walk home. And this guy stands up on his feet, and he picks up his mat, and he walks out of that house. Whew. 
the Bible says the people were astonished. Everybody that saw that, they were astonished. Now, a couple neat things in that story. Um, Those four guys, they did their part. I mean, that took some work. They had to get together, and they had to be willing to kind of be embarrassed a little bit by interrupting everybody, and they had to go the extra mile to get on the roof, and they, they, had, they had a part to play. So the men did their part, but then Jesus, he did his part. Jesus did the healing. Jesus did the forgiveness of sins. Jesus did the miraculous work. And I love how there's a little bit of both in that story. Now, this morning, you have just been led in a very powerful time of worship by these 10 children. And you know, for each one of these children, there was a time in their lives where they needed someone kind of like that paralyzed man come alongside them and help them. And I want you to know, praise God, because all 10 of these children now have a personal relationship with Jesus. Isn't that good news? Yes. (laughs) And you know what's going to happen? What's already happened, I should say, is these children are full of the joy of the Lord. If you want to learn about rejoicing, just spend a little time with them. Whether you were eating food or maybe you've seen it with them worshiping uh, here this morning or whether you've been doing school. These are some happy children. The joy of the Lord is all over them. But you know what's going to happen when they go back to India? These children are going to be the ones that are going to be reaching out to their friends and at, at the homes and at, at their communities and at school. These are the ones that are going to be sharing what they have. And you know why? Because someone's come alongside of them and has helped them too. That's how it works. Jesus imparts himself into us, and then we get to share his life with others. And it's so neat to think about how, that's gonna, how that happens here, but also what happens here, it also is going to be happening in India and other parts of the world in the future. So we're so excited about that. So, you know, this morning, uh, just as we're here, I just want to encourage you. Um, you know, in the, in the video, there's some, some, some mind boggling statistics, right? There's 150 million orphans and almost, you know, over, over 400,000 children in the U.S. foster care system. And there, there's so many needs and abortion rates, and it can be really overwhelming. And I just wanted to encourage you to say, Lord, what, what's my part? Like, what, what could I do? Or could, could you show me my one? Or could you show me what my next step would be? And you might already have a family in mind. You might have a child in mind. You might have an um, idea. And I just want to just encourage you, if you just put that before the Lord and say, Lord, what can I do? What's my part? If you come to him with a prayer like that, he's really good at answering uh, those prayers. So I just want to encourage you with that. And I'm going to invite Pastor Phil to come. I want to say thank you so much for having us. Pastor Phil, it's been a, a blessing already this morning. And we've just um, already been ministered to by uh, the time of worship, Jason. And um, we appreciate you all. Thank you. Thank you, children, for coming and ministering the word of Jesus to us. You know, you could come up here and sing all kinds of songs with nice words, but that's not what you did. That's not what you're doing. You're traveling the country singing Jesus' words. There's a big difference, right? Right? Those of us who know Jesus to experience singing the words of eternal life. The words that are spirit and are life, that's all the difference in the world. It's the difference between heaven and hell, both in this life and in the life to come. You know, one interesting statistic, neat little thing that I noticed some years ago about Mark chapter 2, 
You know whose house these guys tore the roof off of? Who owned the house? Does anyone know? Jesus. Verse 1 says, And when he had come home, and people heard about it, they all came to his house. Now, would you risk doing that to Jesus' house for the sake of your friend? Hey, buddy, would you, do you think Jesus would mind if we tear a hole in his roof? I mean, he's got all these people around. Nah, I don't think he'd mind. Do you think he'd mind? You want to risk it? And after the crowd left, Jesus had a hole in his roof. It doesn't say anyone fixed it. But Jesus was raised as a carpenter. He probably fixed it. Never minded. Didn't even talk about it. Are you like Jesus? If someone were to tear a hole in your roof to come and meet a need of their friend, would you be okay with that? Are you okay if they disrupt your busy schedule and leave a hole for you to fix? Just for one friend to minister the love of Jesus Christ to. I was challenged with that many years ago, and I'm still challenged today. Because you know what I find? Many times I'm not okay with that. Someone disturbs my busy day, my busy schedule, and they tear a hole in my day. And I'm like a bit frustrated, right, Esty? Esty works in the office. She, she knows sometimes I get a little like, really? Don't have time for this right now. Just had to insert that, but it... A word that I wanted to share with you children before I pray with you to encourage you and to all of us is in Luke chapter 10. You were talking about rejoicing, right? And that's your theme, to rejoice in the Lord. And the Lord gave me this reason to rejoice as we went through Thanksgiving weekend last week. Because we, we as a church have been walking through sorrow and the pain of losing someone we love deeply and and seeing Jason his wife and baby died and 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 to walk with him through this experience and feel the pain ourselves and I was asking the Lord what shall we rejoice in this weekend what are you thankful for and we could think of many many things the little things bigger things some of us we can all think of something right well in Luke chapter 10 Jesus sent out 70 people to minister the gospel, just like you're being sent out by Jesus in the last couple years to sing his words to people and encourage people with Jesus. That's what happened to these 70 people. And you know what? They were filled with joy, just like you guys. They were rejoicing, and they came back. And you know what they were happy about? They told Jesus in verse 17, of Luke chapter 10, and the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Wouldn't that make you happy? It has made you happy, right? Because the devil has fled away from your life, and you were able to say to the demons in your life, go, and they left. And Jesus came into your heart and lived there, It's enough to make anyone rejoice. But that's not enough. That's pretty 
That's a, that's a lot. But Jesus said there's more to rejoice in. He said, do not be happy about that. Don't rejoice that the devil is subject to you. There's a greater joy I want to tell you about. And Jesus said this. Verse 18. And he said to them, I was watching Satan fall from heaven like lightning. I think Jesus was watching Satan fall from heaven like lightning in you children's ministry in the last couple of years. He's seen Satan fall from in your heart to down below your feet. That's what Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 16. He said, God will crush Satan under your feet. Big difference. Satan in your heart or under your feet. Right? Behold, I have given you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall injure you. Where did Jesus put Satan? That great serpent, Revelation chapter 20, calls Satan that old devil, the old serpent. Where did he put him? Gave us power to walk over him in our life. That joy is a lot better than just telling him to go and leave us alone. This is how we conquer the devil and all the evil powers that come against us in your life. Don't ever forget that, children. Rejoice in this fact. He says in verse 20, Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this. There's a greater joy. That the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are recorded in heaven. That greater joy, right, brothers and sisters, is the greatest cause of rejoicing a person could ever rejoice in. And there's nothing that can ever take that joy away from you. Because there's no one that can erase your name in the Lamb's book of life. No one, no person or thing can re remove that, your name from that book. Only if you and I allow Satan to tempt us and we begin to follow him. And instead of putting him under our feet, we allow him back in our hearts. That can cause our names to be taken out of the book. But no person in this world and nothing in this world can separate us from the love of Christ, not even death. So I want to encourage you, as you are sent out and as you go back home, sent there by Jesus, and Jesus has taken the devil out of your heart and put him under your feet, and you walk over sin in your life. And when it tempts you, you put it back under your feet through the name of Jesus. He will give you joy. But rejoice in a greater fact. That your name is written up there. And the moment that we go home to be with him. That will be the difference between life and death for all of us. Those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life shall not taste of the second death. But if your name is not written there, you'll experience the second death, a hell. Fiery hell is your destiny. So it is the difference of death and life. And I just want to bless you children. 
Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus and we lift up these dear, sweet, young souls before you. And we pray that you would pour out your Holy Spirit upon their lives, Lord. You have created each one of them. And you know the end from the beginning. You know the end of their story. You've written it down. And you know all of the hosts of hell that will come against their young lives trying to defeat them and remove their name from the Lamb's book of life. Remove their hearts away from your love. But Lord Jesus, you've written their name there. And they have an advocate with the Father, you, Lord Jesus. That even when they fail you, you forgive their sins. And you don't mind if they tear off the roof of your house to get to you. And so we pray that your love and your grace would be strong over each one of their lives. And that you would guard their souls, Lord, until the last breath. That when they meet you and they stand there, they can rejoice in only one fact. My name is written there. And that will be their eternal joy. Thank you, Father. You're able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. And we ask and think this for them and for all of us. In Jesus' name, amen. And just to wrap it up, in Luke chapter 10, look what Jesus says as he prays. He's talking about you children. I lost my spot, so I'll find it here in a moment. There is nothing in life like Jesus praying for you. Here goes. At the very time he, Jesus, rejoiced greatly in the Holy Spirit and said, I praise thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou didst hide these things from all these wise and intelligent people and didst reveal them to babes. Yes, Father, for thus it was well-pleasing in thy sight. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows who the Son is except the Father, and who the Father is except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son wills to reveal Him. And turning to the disciples, He said privately, Blessed are the eyes which see the things you see. For I say to you that many prophets and kings wished to see the things which you see and did not see them. And to hear the things which you hear and did not hear them. King David never heard the things you hear. He never heard Jesus speak. But you do. In his word and in your heart. They wished to hear the things which you hear and did not hear them. Blessed are your eyes and your ears because you've seen Jesus.
and you hear him and can see him and hear him every day of your life on the earth and then for all eternity.
earliest recollections is finding myself at the age of five, roaming the streets, eating from dumpsters. We were forced to live with 17 of our other relatives in a very small shanty. If you want to be out of poverty, then you have to deal with drugs. Some of my friends were actually sold into prostitution. Kids dying for preventable causes. And as darkness engulfs the place, the devil takes over. My relatives always tell me, Michelle, you are so ugly. You will become nothing but a thief and a drug addict when you grow up. And those were the words that I heard from people whom I expected to love and take care of me. I watched as my 10-month-old sister died in the laps of my mother out of starvation. But right in the middle of this desperation, it was then that compassion intervened. What joy and dancing came to my home at the news that I'd finally got a sponsor. I received my first letter. We wrote back and forth. She said words like, Richmond, I love you. And that lightened me up. My sponsor told me that, Michelle, you are beautiful. You are precious to us and we love you. And the words touched the very depth of my heart and soul. Eighteen years later, here I am, a child rescued from hopelessness. One act saved my life. Saved my life. Will you act? The choice is yours. Sponsor a child through compassion today. Release a child from poverty. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. that we love about Compassion is they work through the local church. So around the world on a typical Saturday, uh, the poor children, the poorest children in the community will come to the church and they'll get a good meal. There'll be worship. There'll be discipleship. Uh, there'll be games. Uh, there'll be educational assistance. And they break the kids up and the younger kids and the teenagers and they talk about life and they uh, share the Bible verses that they've learned that week. And uh, it's just a really neat ministry um, that we really believe in. And so um, if you want to sponsor today, um, we, have a, we have a table set up back there. But we have, just have a packet. This is little Angela. She's from Bangladesh. And um, if you want to sponsor a child, you'll go back. You'll select a child. And on the back, you'll fill out the front and the back of the form. And you'll give our staff the form. And then you'll keep everything else. And it's kind of neat because you get to write letters, send pictures, and kind of have a remote uh, relationship uh, with a child around the world to pray for them and to invest in them. So just wanted to tell you kind of the practicals of how you could do that. And then also, um, anybody that signs up to sponsor also gets a free Hizzle CD today, which is kind of a fun little uh, incentive there. So just wanted to share that with you guys. And then we have one last song the children are going to do. And uh, this particular song is really fun because it has uh, the bamboo dance. And uh, Auntie Mary helped to teach uh, this uh, to the children, and it's a very traditional uh, thing that they do in Mizoram, India, so you're really going to be, be blessed by that. I would encourage the men to maybe don't try this quite yet, okay? Um, don't get any crazy ideas after the service, okay? Um, and so uh, they're going to do just one more song, and so would you give one last time a big war warm welcome back to His Little Feet.
rejoices in your salvation. The Lord reigns, let the earth be glad, let the distant soul rejoice. Let us rejoice in that and give glory. Share your goodness and love before me all this of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. But if you're loud enough, they can probably hear you. How about I give them a good hand again? Yeah. Amen. What a blessing to hear from children and to be inspired. You know, it's, you think that uh, as we, grow older and, and mature in our walk with the Lord that that kind of joy and enthusiasm should keep growing and growing and growing. Um, somehow it tends to work the opposite way a lot of times. Now, granted, uh, we may uh, run out of physical energy to try to keep up with them, but uh, let's be encouraged to keep that enthusiasm and joy in our hearts. Thank you so much, Mike and Krista, for what you do and your commitment to these children, children around the world, for being faithful to God in that calling. That's a blessing to see that and to uh, partner with you in this way. So that brings us to uh, the end of our service. We will be serving a meal shortly. It may be a few minutes till that's ready, so feel free to uh, Visit fellowship until that's ready, but you all are welcome to stay and participate in that time of fellowship and in the food. We probably will be uh, removing some of these chairs to set up some more tables for the kids to eat at. So if, uh, especially on, on this side, if you want to clear your belongings out of uh, the row of chairs when I dismiss you, is because we'll probably be uh, taking some of these up.
All right, let's stand and have a closing prayer, and we'll ask a blessing on the noon meal. Thank you, Father, for your blessings to us. Thank you for the encouragement and the inspiration that we have received this morning from these kids through the power of your Holy Spirit. I pray that it would light a fire anew in our hearts and that we would go from this place with enthusiasm and joy in serving you. So I thank you for this time this morning. I I pray that you would bless our time of fellowship and a blessing on this noon meal. I pray that we would receive strength and that we would use it to honor and glorify you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And you're dismissed.